The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. A couple of contentious meetings last night in our local area we will discuss today. One of them at Olentangy's school board meeting. I said when you did not elect Felicia Castle and Jen Foyt in the Olentangy school district that there would be consequences for it. And indeed there were last night. Uh, Parents, you know, are not popular with some school boards across the country. They are not popular with the Olentangy school board. Uh, which does not want to hear from parents and made that very, very clear last night. In political matters, Republican Senate candidate Josh Mandel and Democratic Senate candidate Morgan Harper held a debate last night. An interesting pairing of candidates as Morgan Harper is decidedly the underdog on the Democratic side and Josh Mandel is apparently the leader at the moment on the Republican side. Uh, Why would they hold that debate and what transpired at the North Columbus Baptist Church? We will tell you. But first, I want to begin with the Olentangy School Board. And I knew this would happen. I am not surprised that it had happened. Uh, This will continue to happen. The Board of Education... In Ohio's, well, it's one of its largest school districts. It's in my head that it's, I want to say it's sixth largest, but I actually think it might be larger than that. I think it might be a fourth largest or something. Uh, Boards need to be accountable to parents. Now, this is controversial, right? Uh, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, doesn't think so. Uh, Pretty much no Democrat thinks so. No, No teacher's union boss thinks so, and many teachers don't think so, but... Uh, the old adage, trotted out oftentimes with public servants, is indeed true. We pay your salary. Now, school board members are not salaried. You say, wow, you don't even know what you're talking about. No, but you pay the salary for the teachers, and you pay the freight for school expansion and programs. Has the Olentangy district grown over the years? Yeah, I think so. Olentangy Orange didn't used to be there. Olentangy Liberty didn't used to be there. Olentangy Berlin didn't used to be there. Now they're all there, along with the original Olentangy High School. So there's no question the voters in Olentangy, Delaware County, and as that district has grown and flourished, have been good to the Olentangy Board of Education and good to the Olentangy schools. And all they want is for the board to be good for students. And part of that is listening to parents' complaints. Yes, part of it is listening to parents' complaints. You may not like it. You may disagree with it. And that's fine. That is your right. But you certainly are obligated to listen to it. Now, there will be those who will say, wait, there's no state law that says you have to hear from parents at school board meetings. There should be, by the way. Get on it, Ohio General Assembly. But you certainly would understand just 
logically that a school board would have reason to want to know what its constituents are thinking because, for instance, if they go to pass a levy and they are horribly at odds with the viewpoints of their taxpayers, the levy might not pass. So that would be my argument for, yes, I know there's no state law, but you should listen. So last night at the Olentangy School Board meeting, a parent who had been emailing the superintendent of the district for a fairly significant period of time, showed up at the board meeting because he wanted to talk about a book that his eighth grade son or daughter had been given to read for class. The book is, according to those I've spoken to, uh, laced with profanities. Okay? Some eighth graders talk like sailors. Some don't. None should. None of us should. It is certainly that parent's right to object to his son or daughter being given such a book. Oh, he waited for the public commentary portion of the board meeting, which is one half hour set aside to hear from parents. And he got up to speak. And then someone from the board told him, oh, You weren't here by 6.30 p.m. You got here at 6.31 p.m., so you can't speak. Now, that policy, which the Olentangy Board said exists, actually does not exist. But it soon will exist. Trust me on that. Because we know this from the fact that parents in the Olentangy District used to be able to speak for five minutes. The board has since amended that to three minutes. We'd like to hear from you less. We'd really like to hear from you not at all, but we definitely would like to hear from you less. And a couple of months ago, someone who was given five minutes to speak said, I want to cede my time to another parent so they can have longer than five minutes to speak. And that, which was not against the rules then, is now against the rules at Tangi. As if there is any wiggle room for a parent to get through to speak to the board, the board will do everything it can to plug that hole. They like playing whack-a-mole at the Olentangy board meetings, and the moles are the parents. They would like to whack the parents. They would like to shut up the parents. So here are the Olentangy board members. Kevin Dabbercow, he was one of the disastrously elected representatives in the fall. Brandon Lester. Kevin O'Brien is your board president. Here's his phone number if you live in the Olentangy School District and you would like to let Mr. O'Brien know that you don't appreciate his censorship. Mr. O'Brien's phone number is 740-657-4090. Mr. O'Brien's email is Kevin underscore O'Brien, O-B-R-I-E-N, at O-L-S-D dot U-S. I'll publish this on on the Hooli Show Facebook page. So you can address him. I'll publish all the school board members' names and numbers and email addresses so you can get a hold of them just to make it easy for you to let them know how you feel about their censorship. Mrs. Mindy Patrick is a board member. Dr. Lakeisha Wise mm -hmm, uh, is the board vice president. That's your Olentangy board. So this guy got up to speak, and they told him he couldn't speak. And this is how it sounded. 
Um, so for public participation, we did not have submissions at the beginning of the uh, meeting before we started. Um, so we will not have any uh, participation this evening. If you're going to enforce a policy that's not anywhere online, you need to make sure the policy's online to try to silence people. There's not anywhere online that says you need to show up prior to the meeting to, sh to, to be able to speak in public comment. It's ridiculous that you're trying to enforce a policy that's not shared anywhere. Absolutely ridiculous. Policy 0169 now I looked at that citation and it does not say that you have to be there by 6:30 to sign in there was a half an hour set aside for public comment there was no one else who requested time to speak they knew what he wanted to speak about they just didn't want to devote three minutes to hearing him air his objection to this book. So now, congratulations. You've turned an ember into a brush fire, I hope, because I will do everything I can to turn it into a brush fire of protest for your censorship of parents. Everything that I can. You can meet. You can come up with your stipulations to keep parents out. In fact, I would say, why don't you just cut to the chase and just enact this policy, because it's how you really feel. Ready for the policy? I'll give it to you. Mindy Patrick, Lakeisha Wise, Kevin Dabbercow, Kevin O'Brien, Brandon Lester. I'll give you the policy. It'll just cut off all future dissent in the Olentangy School District. Here it is. Pay your taxes and shut up. Pay your taxes and shut up. That's what you would like parents to do at Olentangy. Just pay your taxes and shut up. Just end the suspense. Stop with the nonsense five minutes to three minutes. No, you can't give time to anyone else. No, you can't show up at 631 when a meeting starts at 630, even though even though the public commentary of the meeting didn't start until well after 730 p.m. Pay your taxes and shut up. That is what they favor in the Olentangy local school district. I am super excited for our guest at 11.33. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson is um, one of the great conservative thinkers, uh, writers, uh, podcasters uh, in our country today. He uh, makes sense of very complex topics. He is someone who I first learned of uh, many years ago when I was a young man. My father cut a clipping out of the Bell Fountain Examiner that was written by a very young Victor Davis Hanson. I found that clip uh, in my father's things uh, when he passed away. So I'm really looking forward to speaking with Dr. Hanson and uh, introducing you to him. You should already know him. He's amazing, and I'd be shocked if you didn't already know him. So that's at 11.33 today. Uh, last night, there was a debate, not between Republican Senate candidates and certainly not between Democratic Senate candidates because... Screaming Tim Ryan is not going to de not going to debate Morgan Harper. Morgan Harper is a very very progressive, read woke, liberal, crazy Democrat. But you know that doesn't make her any different than any other Democrat. They all are. They're all pro transgender. They're all pro abortion. They're all pro taxes and crush businesses and pro regulation. 
I mean, Morgan Harper could maybe be a little bit worse on a few nuances than Sherrod Brown or Tim Ryan. She'd be a rotten choice. Any Democrat would be a rotten choice for senator. And Josh Mandel is the front runner on the Republican side. If she's a marginal candidate, and she is, I understand why she would debate Mandel. She's trying to bask in Josh Mandel's audience. She's trying to get a good line or two off to raise her profile among many Democratic voters who may never have heard of her. What's the upside for Josh Mandel on this? Well, Josh Mandel has branded himself as what? I know, a Trump guy, you know, more rabid than Trump even. I get a kick out of Josh uh, in terms of he's the candidate in the race who, like Trump, if he passed a barking dog on the street, would turn around two blocks later to go back and bark at the dog. That's just Josh. And I think Josh is a very uh, purposeful in everything that he does. It's not an accident when he says that the election was stolen. He knows that will be delicious red meat to a certain segment of the GOP primary voting block. Problem is, once you say that, it's hard to run from that. And knowing Josh, he won't if he gets the Republican nomination. But he's branded himself not just as the Trumpiest, but as the the fighter in the race. He said that last night. He said he is a fighter. So if you're a fighter, you don't shrink from a fight. He's not afraid of Morgan Harper, nor should he be. And he's not afraid of anybody. So they have this debate last night. Just Josh Mandel, just Morgan Harper at the North Columbus Baptist Church. And this is not Josh Mandel's audience, and he knows that, and he doesn't care. And he, one thing I like about him, he doesn't change what he says. You know, you don't see any, like the, the anti-J.D. Vance ads are, here's what Vance said about Trump back then, here's what Vance says about Trump right now. Here's what Jane Timken said about Trump's impeachment. Here's what she said later on. You know, they can try to trip up, and I don't, I'm not saying there's authenticity in either allegation. I'm just saying that is how some political action committees are trying to marginalize J.D. Vance and Jane Timken. They're not consistent in their positions. I've not heard anyone make that argument, because I don't think they can, about Bernie Moreno, Mike Gibbons, or Josh Mandel. And Matt Dolan, who was inter- in, uh, endorsed rather yesterday by the Franklin County Republican Party, I had some conversations with some people who are dialed in on that process today, and basically the upshot of that is, well, what do you expect from an inept organization like the Franklin County Republican Party? They're not even able to find candidates to run for Columbus City Council. So, of course, they'd pick the most Rob Portman-like candidate, the most Democratic friendly Republican. Portman, of course, was part of the infrastructure bill. He joined Joe Biden on the side of the aisle. He's a policy wonk. Matt Dolan is a, leans toward being a policy wonk. And Matt Dolan is a co-sponsor, not just somebody who says, oh, okay, I'm fine with the Fairness Act in Ohio, the one that would put biological boys in girls' locker rooms. Gee, what could happen? Oh, I remember a story out of Loudoun County, Virginia, the biological boy who said he was a girl, raped a girl. And then the Loudoun County Board tried to hush that up, and then they decided, you know what? Um, 
Sure, let them all in. Let all the transgender boys in. Josh Mandel's never going to do that. Matt Dolan has already done that. That's why I will never support Matt Dolan. I haven't picked my horse in the Republican Senate race. I may not ahead of the primary. But it certainly won't be Matt Dolan because I do not find his position on the Fairness Act in Ohio to at all be an authentic conservative position. What's my objection to the whole transgenderism thing? I cannot separate, nor do I ever separate, my political view of anything from my personal faith perspective. I believe in a holy, sovereign, omnipotent God, an infallible God who created us each according to his own design. And thus, if that kind of God is infallible, no one can be born with male biology that was a mistake who should instead be a female. And conversely, no one is born with female biology that by mistake was born that way and should thus be male. So you cannot reconcile. It is impossible to reconcile a holy sovereign God with the transgender movement. Thus, I am never going to be a supporter of anything transgender because not only is it an abomination to God, but it is destructive to the people who are trapped in that kind of mental disconnect between their biological reality and their psychological awareness. So Morgan Harper last night goes after Josh Mandel uh, on a couple of things and says that, you know, uh, in response to Mandel saying that Tim Ryan won't debate her because she's a black woman and he didn't want to get up there. And she's like, well, we don't want you speaking for the black community. And then it got a little frosty at the end when a BLM activist from Toledo came up and asked Josh Mandel to to stop referring to BLM as thugs because it's a racist trope, supposedly. Well, you know what? BLM are thugs. And if you want to embrace something authentic and good in the BLM movement, then you can find that in many other avenues, many other initiatives, many other places that are about helping people in the inner city without it, without embracing an organization like BLM that is dominated by thugs who burn cities, demonize cops, and attempt to destroy America. So Josh Mandel's not wrong on that.